well, it's about that time. Good morning. That was week. Good morning. All right. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Looking forward to a great day. Let's do this. Let's get started right away with prayer. We've got a rowdy corner up there in the, in the, in the, in the loft. Amen. So let's just pray today. Father, thank you again for the privilege it is to assemble together today. Lord, bless now our service. May Jesus be glorified, magnified. And there would be one person here or via live stream or via radio outside, Lord, who's never trusted you as their Savior. I pray today, Lord, they'd turn and put their trust in you and you alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. I apologize for that. I'm, I'm used to working with kids throughout the week. And so you need a high energy level sometimes. But good morning. Good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Let's go ahead and stand as we enter into the time of worship, which is honoring and glorifying God. I want to praise his name this morning. Starting out with love lifted me. Please stand. And as we sing this, don't forget to get your calf raises in. For uh, whenever we say lifted, let's see a little bit of extension going on there. And here we go. Love lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. tells us, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's sing of our Savior's love. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Oh 
somebody around you, go ahead and tell them how it's good to see them this morning, even with a little bit of chill. <clears throat> right now we'll go ahead and have a seat, and we'll have our prayer time right before the, the special, but so this morning we're just going to ask God to reveal Himself through His Word, and we're super thankful that His Word is quick and powerful, and that He does indeed speak through His Word. Let's go ahead and pray. God, I thank you for giving us another day. Thank you for giving us another opportunity to serve you and to come and glorify your name. I pray that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. I thank you, Lord, uh, that we do have your word. I thank you that it can radically change us and so that we don't have to leave here the same way that we came. But I pray that you would speak to us. I thank you, Lord, for sending your only Son to die for us, giving us the hope of salvation. And I pray that each thing that's said and done would be for your honor and glory. I pray for uh, Brother Vernon as he comes and brings your word. I pray that you would uh, fill him up and that we would be attentive to what your word has to say. In Jesus' name, amen. And the special is, Yet not I, but Christ in me. And we will sing uh, 
most of the song, but then for the last verse and chorus, I'll indicate for everybody here to stand and join us as we sing, Yet Not I, But Christ Through Me. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. For my life is wholly bound to Him. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing. All is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. The night is dark, but I am not forsaken. For by my side, the Savior, He will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing. For in my need, His power is displayed. To this I hold. My shepherd will defend me Through the deepest valley he will lead Oh, the night has been won And I shall overcome Yet not I, but through Christ in me No fate I dread, I know I am forgiven. The future sure, the price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon. And he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold. My sin has been defeated. Jesus now and ever is my plea. Oh, the chains are released. I can sing. I am free, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Let's go ahead and stand. Please join us as we sing the last verse in the choruses. With every breath I long to follow Jesus For he has said that he will bring me home And day by day I know he will renew me Until I stand with joy before the throne To this I hold 
is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. And that's the whole goal, is for us to see Christ in our lives and for us to give Him the glory for everything that happens. And that is it. That is absolutely it. And as we close the worship time, we'll sing uh, from, the, from the hymnal, we'll have it on the PowerPoint, more precious than silver, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ to us. If you'd come on up, and then uh, my pleasure to have with us Pastor Scott Vernon with us today. He's been the been the assistant pastor at Calvary for 132 years, and uh, <laughs> that's close. And <laughs> but he's a good friend, good brother in the Lord. Look forward to ha hearing him today, and uh, Miss Debbie's with him. So y'all make sure you make him feel welcome. Everybody say Amen, Hallelujah, clap or something. There you go. All right, all right. Turn with me in your Bibles. To 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 
It's good to be here today, uh, and uh, a little bit chilly outside, but uh, I guess it's supposed to be because it's January, right? So January, you usually have a little bit colder weather than you do in July, at least we do down where I'm from. That's not that far away, y'all, right? <laughs> you know, it's just about 30 minutes from here, 40, 40 minutes from here, all right? All right, well, don't know if you know this or not, but this could be the day that the Lord comes back. Have you all thought about that? Well, it ought to be something that we think about on a regular basis because this could be the day the Lord comes back. I mean, we could be interrupted right here in the middle of the preaching service and be with the Lord forevermore. That'd be all right. I don't know about y'all, but that'd be that'd be just fine with me. How many of you don't you don't even have to raise your hand because I know the answer? But how many of you in the last few months have been discouraged? <laughs> these are these are discouraging times, aren't they? I mean, uh, all this that's went on. I'm not even going to mention about the election and everything that go went on with all those kind of things. Uh, but you know, our, our world is in turmoil. Sometimes our life is in turmoil because we're, we're, we're part of that. And you know, it, could, uh, it would be easy, it'd be really easy to get off track during these days. You know, people are missing church, you know, because of you know, COVID, because of sickness, different things, you know, people sometimes are fearful about getting out and, and being around people. I tell you, it's, it's amazing how our life has changed in this last little bit. And I'm not, and I'm not going to say one way or another on that. You know, everybody has their own opinion. Everybody has their own thoughts on that. And I sure don't want to, I'm sure not going to try to influence you on that because I don't know, I don't know anything about it myself. You're always talking about it, and every time you, seems like every time you, uh, you know, you get around somebody and you kind of talk, you know, it kind of shifts over to this thing of COVID and all. What, you know, how's it affect you? How's it, you know, everybody's different, and you know, all the things that go along with it and all that. And uh, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. But yet, it seems like that's all you talk about, you know, because as soon as you walk up on somebody, you, you, you wonder to yourself, well, have you had it yet? You know. <laughs> Hey, what are you going to do about the vaccine? You going to take that vaccine? You know, I've heard it. I've heard it's killed several people already. It, 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 our life is just upside down in a way, but you know it shouldn't be because we're we're the ones that's right side up. Because we know we know that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the Lord could come back. And we wouldn't ever have to worry about COVID. Listen, one of the, one of the no mores in heaven. I'm, I'm, I'm adding this to my Bible. No more mask in heaven. <laughs> what about that? That's, that's worth going to heaven about right there. No more mask. And boy, I'll tell you, uh, all the things. You know, in our day and age in which we live, our world which we live in, you know, it's, it would be real easy to see. If you, walk, if you keep up with the news, you watch the news and different things, it'd be easy to see how the world could turn against, against Christians and churches and all the things that we believe and stand for. 
You know, it, it'd be real easy to see how that could turn ugly in just a, just in a short amount of time. But you know, in Paul's day, when this passage was written, you know their world was upside down too. They were going through persecution. They were being, I, I'm telling you, they, they had severe persecution. Many of these folks right here during this time would lose their life. They'd lose their job. They would lose everything they had because of the name of Jesus Christ. If you took a stand for Christ, if you told people, listen, I believe that I believe in the one true and only God. Boy, I tell you, it, 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 it would just it put a bullseye on you. And they'd come after you. Folks, listen. Uh, why should we think it should be any different? And by the way, why, why do we think we deserve better than that? Now, I hope, by the way, I hope it don't happen. I, I'm not, I don't want that. I, don't, I wouldn't look forward to that. But I just tell you, for the name of Christ, one day we may have to go through some of that, some of that stuff. And uh, I tell you, I, I'm just, I'm looking, but I'm looking for the Lord to come back. In light of His soon return, Paul is going to give us some instructions on how we should walk and how to please God. Let me read you a verse of Scripture. I've, I've got it in my notes here. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, it says this, By faith, listen to this, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Now listen to this, but uh, before his translation, he had this testimony, what? That he pleased God. He pleased God. I don't know about you, but I want that kind of testimony. I want to please God. And listen, as a Christian, as a Christian, our life is to be different. We're to be different. The Bible says that we are to be peculiar people. Now that doesn't mean that we're to be weirdos. But it does mean that we're going to be peculiar. In other words, we're not going to be like this world. We're not going to be like it. Now, uh, uh, Preacher Mike was talking about this morning, talking about how we're to walk. And we're going, to, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But boy, he was talking about humility. He was talking about, he was talking about meekness. And I'm going to tell you, the, the world is not about humility. And the world's not about meekness. But we're to be. That's, that ought to characterize our life as a Christian. We to, that's, that's exactly what, the way we ought to be. People ought to look at our life and they, they ought to say, what in the world's wrong with you? Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way, but they ought, they ought to be able to point their finger at us and say, what is wrong with these people? They're not like, they're not like we are. They're different. And that's the way it ought to be. Let's read, let's read our passage of Scripture, our text here. We're going to be reading, we're going to stay in, in chapter 4. We're going to really look at uh, most of these verses in here. But for our reading this morning, let's look in chapter 4, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible says, But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That you, By the way, the asleep there is not talking about people in church. Right? That's not to be you. You're not to be asleep in church. Alright? That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died, and by the way, do we believe that? If we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, 
with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay? Let's bow for prayer if we could. Lord, as we come before you here this morning, Lord, we just pray that you'd bless, you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, we need some help this morning. We need something from the, from the Word, from the Bible. And I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and that, Lord, that you would use the message to speak to every heart. Lord, there may be somebody here this morning that's lost and they don't know what it means to be saved. And, Lord, if you were to come back, they'd be left behind. And, Lord, that's, that's, that's a terrible place to be. And I pray that you'd speak to their heart about their need of salvation. Lord, show them that they're lost and show them how much you love them. And, Lord, that you'll accept them if they'll, if they'll only turn to you. And I pray that you'd bless. Lord, as Christians, help us, Lord, to see the message that you have for us. Help it to change our life. Lord, help us to be different. Help us to be light in this world. And I pray that you'd bless, you'd speak to each and every heart. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to put my phone up here. Not that it means anything, but if I, if I do need a reference to the time, I'll be able to see, because it's hard for me to see that back those, uh, those numbers and stuff back there. Like I said, it doesn't mean anything, but you know, we'll just... We'll just go, we'll just, it, it'll help, it, it might help and comfort you a little bit. <laughs> you might be able to say, well, he's got his, at least he's got his phone up there so he can see the time, alright? Well, in chapter 4, in chapter 4, uh, 1 Thessalonians is, is one of the great chapters. It's one of the great chapters in all the Bible. It's one of those, it's, it's one of those high watermarks because of the passage that we just read here. I tell you, it's one of the, it's one of the great uh, scriptures in the Bible, because when you see that and you think about it, uh, what comfort, what comfort it brings to the Christian, to the believer, that we know and we understand that one day the Lord's coming back, and when He comes back, He's coming for us, and we're going to be taken out of this world, and we're going to we're going to leave all this mess behind us, and we're going to be with Him, and the Bible says we're going to be with Him forever, eternal life, everlasting life. We're going to be with Him. But before we get there, He tells us that while we're here, we're, we have to live in this world, and He tells us how we're to walk in this world or how we're to live our life in this world. The first eight verses there, He gives us, He gives us, there's really three things in here that I want to just kind of, I want to kind of hit before we get to the passage of Scripture. The first thing that He tells us here, He says that we're to walk in holiness. Now, how many of us have ever said, I sure would like to know what God's will for my life is? Well, he's going to give us some help here. In verse number, look at what he says in verse number three. For this is the will of God. You want to know what God's will is? Verse three says, right here it is, plain as day, for this is the will of God. Even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication. Can I tell you? And I know this, I, I understand this is not a popular subject. And so, you know, uh, we want to, you know, we, sometimes we want to hit these kind of things head on and we want to hit them real quick and go past them. But, you know, God tells us, God tells us here is something that I want you to understand. It's not my will. God's saying it's not my will that, 
that we live like the world is. And I, you know, I know there, I understand children and stuff being in here, so we have to be a little bit sensitive about some things. But you understand, we as adults, we understand what he's talking about here. We know what he's saying. And listen, the world is characterized by this kind of lifestyle. And it's not right. It's not godly. It's ungodly. And he tells us here, listen, if you want to be like God, don't do this. This is something... This is something that you should not have in your life. And by the way, if it's in your life, it's wrong. And it's sinful. It was sinful in Paul's day. It's sinful in our day. It's not right. And folks, listen, the world has glamorized this kind of life. They've glam- it's, it's, I mean, if you, the world looks at you, if you don't live like this, there's something wrong with you. But folks, I'm telling you, that's not God's way. That's not what God wants, okay? And so we understand that. Uh, he says, I want you to have a holy life. I want you to have a holy life. Listen, I want you, a holy life just simply means I'm set apart to God for His use, for His glory, for His honor. Uh, like the, they would take, they would take the vessels in the, in the Old Testament tabernacle there, and they would sanctify them, and they would set them apart. These were for God's use only. Do you know the Bible tells us that's the way our body is to be? Set apart for God's use and nothing else. That's what it's for. Alright? And so we, we need to understand it. God says, I want you to walk in holiness. The second thing I want you to see in verses 9 and 10, He says, I want you to walk in harmony. Look at what He says. As touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. In other words, he says, listen, you do a great job. You love those folks and you show your love to those folks in Macedonia. He says, but I want it, I want it to increase. Not just these folks, but I want you to, I want you to love all the po- folks. I want you to love everybody. And you know, as Christians, one of the things that sets Christians apart from the world is that we love, first of all, we love one another. But not only do we love one another, but we love the world. Why? Because Jesus loved the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. One of the things that sets a Christian apart is we love other people. We love them. And I don't mean, I don't mean that we love them if they treat us right and if they're good to us. I don't, that's not, that's not really love. Love is, I'll love you no matter how you treat me. No matter how you talk about me. No matter what you do to me, I will still love you. You know why? You know why that's so important? Is because that shows and demonstrates God's, how God loved us. God loved us so much, like I said. He gave. He gave the very best He had. And folks, listen, that's, that's the way we are to be. And He tells us that. Listen, He's getting ready. He's saying, this is the way you should live your life because I could come back in any moment. Alright? So keep that in mind. Not only walk in holiness, not only walk in harmony, but here's another thing. In verses 11 and 12, he tells us to walk in honesty and that you study to be quiet. Do your, let me just paraphrase that. Mind your own business. 
and to work with your own hands as we command you, that you walk honestly toward them that are without, and that, that you may have lack of nothing. Listen, the emphasis here is to have a good testimony uh, to them that are without. Walk in honesty. Do you know one of the, one of the worst, I say, I can't say that worst, uh, that's not even good English, is it? Is that, it's not a good English. Huh? It is, okay, yeah. It's acceptable in King too, to talk like that. But, you know, but Christians, a Christian that doesn't have a good testimony, a Christian that's not honest, is, is terrible. Do you, do you, I, I remember working public work. Now, I've not, now I've not worked public work. It doesn't mean I, that I don't work. It just means I had I don't work a public job, but I haven't worked a public job in a long, in a long time. I've I've been in the ministry for for a long time, but I can remember I can remember uh, working a public job, and people people that claim to be Christians, and people would watch them, and they would talk. They were telling me about it. They were talking to me about it. Look at this guy over here. He he goes to church, and 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 he's wicked as the devil. They're telling me about it. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I know that. I mean, I can see it myself. You don't have to tell me. But they were, these were lost people noticing these people that claim to be Christians and live, living like the devil. Not being honest. Can you, can, it, doesn't, it doesn't even make sense for a Christian to claim to be a Christian and tell a lie. To be deceitful. Not tell the truth. Kind of be shady about things. It's, it's awful. Hey, have y'all ever seen these programs, these undercover programs, where they'll call a plumber, and they've got, they've already, you know, they've already rigged things in the back, you know, they, they, you know, there's a little, there's, there's a little something wrong, and it would cost thirty nine cent to fix it, and this plumber comes in, and he's supposed to be, you know, integrity, and he, you know, hey, we're honest, and you know, we try to, we're the Better Business Bureau, we, we got all these credentials, and. You know, we're, we've been in the business and we're licensed and all this stuff. And they go in there and say, man, I tell you, I've been looking at you. I've been looking at your plumbing. I tell you, you're going to have to have the whole thing ripped. It's going to, it's going to cost you 1500 bucks. And then they, then they, then they go behind the scenes and they say, well, you know, we've already fixed this and all, all it needed was this 39 cent flapper right here. And those people, you know, <laughs> you, you can see the color drain out of their face and they're, blah, 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 uh, 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 They've been they've been caught in a lie. They've been caught in a lie. You're being deceitful. You're trying to you're trying to uh, deceive somebody, and you're trying to make money and you're trying to make profit off that. Well, you know, folks, I'm telling you, we we wouldn't want anything to do with that man. We wouldn't want we wouldn't call that man to do anything for us. And yet, as Christians, if we're not careful, we won't live an honest life before people. And folks, listen. We we we're as a Christian, we're we're to be we're to be full of integrity. We're to be completely honest and all. Well, what about what about if 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 it makes me look bad, or what about if it's going to cause me a lot of problems? Folks, listen. It doesn't it doesn't matter if if we can't tell the truth. We're listen. We just we just need to be quiet. If you can't tell the truth, just don't say anything, right? Boy, but he says now listen. This is how we're to be living our lives. Because when He comes, this is the way we're to be living when He comes. Because we're here now, 
but one day we're going to be there. And until we get there, this is the way we're to live our life. And folks, listen, as Christians, I, I, I can't, there's just no way in the world I can emphasize it enough. You cannot witness and tell somebody about the Lord if you don't have these things in your life. You, you just can't do If you do, you're wasting your time. You, you're wasting your time. If you don't live, if you don't, by the way, you can't live a perfect life. Nobody can. We're not saying that. But I'm going to tell you what, we can be, we can be holy and we can be in harmony and we sure can be honest. And if we do that, guess what? That way when we tell folks about the Lord, then they, they'll, they'll believe us. They'll believe us. Alright? Alright, so, we said all that to say this. Now, here we get to our passage in verse number 13 where it talks about the Lord is coming. Alright, so let's look at some things here. Four things that we're going to look at. First of all, there's an explanation or the reason for this passage. Why did Paul write this passage of Scripture to these people? By the way, this was to the church at Thessalonica. He says, I want to write, I'm writing you a letter because I want you to understand, I want you to be informed. I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, we look at that word ignorant. By the way, you know, sometimes I think to myself, you know, especially when I, you know, after I say some things, sometimes I think to myself, boy, you're ignorant, you know. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying, listen, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to understand. I want you to know what's getting ready to happen here. I want you to know what it looks like when the Lord comes back. I want you to understand it. Because, listen, I don't, he's saying I don't want you to be deceived. We need to understand. By the way, folks, can I tell you in Paul's day, he wrote this to these folks so they would understand, so they would know. Guess what? We need this today. There, you know, people... There's all kinds of people that have all kinds of belief because of all the crazy things that's being taught today. I mean, it's, it's crazy what people are teaching today. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? That if you want to know what's going on, read your Bible. Do you know there's, most, most of the Bible is just plain and practical as it can be. You don't have to have a book. You don't have to have a commentary. It, I mean, it is, it's, it tells you plain as day what's getting, what's going to happen. And we can understand. We don't even have to, really, to be honest with you, we don't have to have anybody to help us with this. We can read this for ourselves and understand it. We sure can. And that's the way most of the Bible is. Don't, don't, don't be intimidated by the Bible because God wants us to know. Just like He wanted these people to know, He wants us to know. Right? So we can read the Bible and we can understand it. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us. That'll help us and show us. Okay? So here, here, here it is. Here's an explanation for this passage. He says, I want you to be informed, not ignorant. I want you to be, I want you to be aware or, or know exactly what's going on. You see, these folks were living in this day. We have the privilege of, of reading this and looking back. They were living during this time. And boy, I tell you, it could have, it must have been very difficult. It must have, it, there, there must have been a lot of concern for this. You, and by the way, there was. I mean, if you read the whole, if you read the book, you'd understand more, you could see more because there, there was great concern because they were not sure what, they, these folks right here, because the persecution was so bad, they actually thought they were going through the tribulation period. These folks right here, these folks right here, 
they were they were confused because, like I said, they didn't have the privilege of being able to look back over over this. They were living during this time. And they were fearful, okay? All right, so he says, I want you to be informed, not ignorant. And then he says this, I want you to be joyful, not sorrowful. Now, isn't that, isn't that something? He says, uh, he says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. He says, listen, I don't want you to be sorrowful. There's no reason to be sorrowful. I want you to have the joy of the Lord. Guess what? He wants us to have the same, same thing today. Don't be sorrowful today. Listen, a lot of times when we go to, when we go to the cemetery, when we go to the cemetery, we'll read this passage of Scripture. And we'll talk about, folks, listen, this is not all there is. Listen, you just place this loved one into the ground. This is not all there is. We're not saying goodbye. We're just saying, so long, I'll see you again. Don't be sorrowful. Have the joy of the Lord. Because why? We're going to see that loved one again. We're going to see the Lord again. Uh, again, not again, but we're going to be with Him forever. Don't be, don't be sorrowful. Be joyful, okay? And then, here's, here's another one. Don't be... Uh, uh, to, he, he says, I want you to be expectant, not hopeless. Do you know the majority of the world is hopeless today? They're hopeless. Why? This is all there is to it. When I die, I'm dead. When, I'm, when I die, I'm going in the ground, and that's the end of it. They don't, they don't, they don't even realize if, if they really realized what the grave meant They'd be terrified because the grave is not all there is, even for the lost man. The grave for the lost man just means, listen, that you're going to spend all eternity. Just like I'm going to spend all eternity in heaven because I trusted Christ as my Savior, those people will spend all eternity in hell, separated from God forever. As good as heaven is, hell is just as bad. As, as, as wonderful as you can think about heaven being, hell will be just the opposite of that. And folks, can I tell you that nobody, nobody has to go to hell. Nobody does. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. And nobody has to go to hell. And we're going to look, we're going to look at that. We're going to see some things here in a minute about that, okay? And so he says there's an explanation why. This passage was written. Now, I want you to see the second thing here, and that is, why was this passage written? It was written to those that have died, to the dead. It's written to the dead, okay? Now, let's look at, let's look and see what he says here. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Alright? So what is he talking about here, to the dead? When, he, when he's talking about those that sleep in Jesus, he's talking about those that have died in the Lord. Those that know that knew Jesus Christ as their Savior when they died, they are the ones that the Bible describes here as those that sleep in Jesus. Now, isn't it isn't the words sleep in Jesus better than died and dead and in the grave? Doesn't that sound better? And it is better. The Bible tells us that or, or is describing here those that are asleep. If if that if that body is asleep, what happens to somebody that's asleep 
after they've slept for a long time. They usually well they usually wake up, right? Now teenagers they don't. You know you have to you have to wake them up. But but everybody else, if they have slept for a long time, matter of fact, the older you get, the less you can sleep, right? I mean you try. Sometimes you make yourself lay in the bed, but your old body starts hurting. And you, you know, you just—I mean, you got to get up. It don't make no—it don't make no difference. You're just miserable. I might as well go and get up. But a body that's asleep can be woken, awoke, right? That's—that—that that sounds a whole lot better. Because if you think—and by the way, that's the way the world looks at it. They're dead. And that's it. They ain't coming up. They're not coming. That's the last we'll see of them. We'll, we'll, we'll never see them again. They're in the ground. They'll never. They'll never come up out of that. But the Christian is not like that. Because we know. We're supposed to know. We, that's the reason we have hope. Alright, so the, the soul and spirit, when the, the Bible tells us that when the, uh, when the body dies, the soul and spirit are with the Lord. Absent from the body, what? Present with the Lord. When this body dies, when this body stops working, it's just going to lay down. It's going to lay down, and you'll take that old body, that old that old lump of clay. And by the way, I'm describing. I'm talking about myself because I don't, you know, I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm talking about me. This old body, they'll just take it and they'll put it in the ground. It, now, it's just laying there, right? It's just laying there. It's asleep. The Bible says he, he describes it as being asleep, but that old body is going to go in the ground because it's corruptible. But there's an incorruptible soul and spirit that goes to be with the Lord immediately. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Immediately, just like that. I mean, before you can snap your fingers. If you died, if I died right now, this old body would lay down. Y'all would gasp and they'd say, what happened to him? Somebody called 911. Don't worry about it. Not a big deal. Already in heaven. Already in heaven. Old body's dead. Soul and spirit is with the Lord. Boy, isn't that a great thing? Can I, folks? Can listen? Do you do you understand that at any moment? Do you know when I was? Uh, this this hadn't been that long ago. And uh, uh, when was it? I'm trying to think when it was. Uh, I had a heart attack. When did I have it? It was in 2018. On uh, Easter Sunday, yeah, that's what it was. I was trying to think where it was. At. It was I knew it was some some kind of special day there, but it was Easter Sunday. All right, Easter Sunday. I'd been having a couple. I'd I'd been having a little trouble with my heart. Didn't think I didn't I didn't think there's anything to it. Didn't think anything about it. And uh, for two or three days before this, uh, I'd been having a little trouble. I, I mean, it was like. You know, I'd, I'd walk from, you know, uh, walk around the church or I was doing something. Matter of fact, my wife had me painting our bedroom. That's, that's what caused it. That's what brought all this on. So I hadn't, I hadn't painted since then, you know. But, uh, but I, was, I, I was painting and I'd, I'd paint for a little bit and it would be like, man, I can't hardly catch, I can't catch my breath. I'd do like that right there and I'd stop and I'd rest for a second. And then all of a sudden, I'd, it, it just like it'd go away, not, no, no problem. And it did that from two or three days, and I, I couldn't figure, I couldn't figure out what in the world's going on. I've never had, listen, other than just having a cold or something like, that, I'd never been sick a day in my life. I mean, always work, always at work, never miss, never miss work, all that stuff. 
Never been to the hospital. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, this is happening. I, well, I couldn't figure out what's going on. So anyway, it kept happening. So Sunday, I'm at church. I'm dressed in my suit and tie, just like every you know, preacher should be, right? So I'm at church. I taught Sunday school, done all that stuff. Preacher got up, he preached, and I was walking out, and I was just, I was dreading telling my wife, because I knew that she would say, well, let's just go to the hospital. We need to go in the hospital. I knew she'd say that, so I beat her to it, and I said, I said, well, I've been, I've been dreading telling you this, but we, we walked out, you know, we, we always, you know, before all this stuff, we'd walk out right after the preacher did. And so we would go out there and, you know, greet people and stuff like that. So we was walking out, and I was talking to her, and I said, I said, I've been wait, I, I've been dreading telling you, but I've been having some trouble in my heart. I think I want to go get it checked out, you know, and we're walking out the door. And she said, when you want to do it? I said, well, let's go now. I'm going to get it over with. So we walked on out the door, and we're standing there, and we're sort of talking to uh, some people out there, talking to this paramedic guy and this, that, and the other, and he's telling us some things. And all the things I'd already made up, you know, had in my mind. He said, don't do nothing, no, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. He said, call ambulance, you need to go. I said, well, I'm not calling no ambulance. We're not going, not, because I'm, I'm standing, I'm talking just like I'm talking now. I'm, I, I look just like I look now. There was no way in the world I was going to get an ambulance with nothing going on. We'll get, so we go to the hospital. She drives, she drops me off. I walk in the door, Baptist Hospital. I said, I've been having a little trouble, just like I'm, just like right here, just like I am now. I, I walked in, I said, I've been having a little trouble with my heart. I want to get it checked out. And she said, okay, you stand right over there. So I stood right there. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't even a minute. The lady come back. Who's got the heart trouble? I said, me. She said, come on. Right back to the back. Suit, tie, the whole bit. She said, take your, take your jacket off, take your tie off. So I'm laying there on the bed. So then I take, had to take my shirt off. They putting all this stuff on me. I'm just I'm just laying there just like I am here. Don't feel there's nothing going on. And the doctor comes back and he said, you know what? He said, you know there ain't, it ain't nothing going on. You ain't having a heart attack. You're you're fine. Everything looks good. You know. He said, but we're gonna keep you just a little bit. We might run a stress test, something like that. You know, I, I, we don't think it's anything to it. I said, well, that's what I thought too. And I, you know, you feel silly. You know, thinking all this trouble for, for nothing. Within 15 minutes of him saying everything's fine, we're just going to let you go here, I was, having, I was having a heart attack. I'm in the hospital. Praise the Lord, I was in the hospital. I'm laying in the emergency room. Praise the Lord. And they're thinking that this guy could be having a heart attack. You know, you know, you know, all these people are, well, buddy, I'm telling you, you're talking about people coming out of the woodwork. All of a sudden, I'm looking around, and man, I, you couldn't get in there if you wanted to get in there. And about that time, you know, I'm having this, I'm having this pain, and it wasn't even at that; it really wasn't all that bad of pain. There comes my wife, and she's looking at me, and I'm thinking, "Oh, brother, here we go." I said, "I'm okay. I'm, I'm having a heart attack. I'm all right. Everything's fine. I'm, I mean, I'm sweating. People are running around crazy doing all this stuff." And the doctor said, "He said." That main artery in the front of your heart, the main one, he said, that's the one that was blocked. And you know what? I could have easily, just like that, been out into eternity. Now, it would have been all right because I was saved. I'm saved. If I die, I'm going to heaven. 
I'm not worried. I'm not even worried. I'm not worried about it. But folks, can I tell you, not everybody is ready to meet the Lord. And you know what? You could have a blockage. You could have an aneurysm. There could be all, you could walk out that door and slip and fall. You could be driving down the road and somebody crossed that center line. Folks, we don't know. Proverbs 27.1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Folks, we don't have promise of another minute here on this earth. And you better be ready to meet the Lord because He could come back at any moment. The Bible says, as we're talking to the dead here, that soul and spirit is in heaven. The body is in the ground. And the Bible says that they're going to rise. If we believe, like the Bible says, if we believe that Jesus died, we're going to rise. That body is going to come up out of that ground. Folks, now listen. I'm telling you, you're talking about unbelievable. You're talking about things hard to understand. How in the world can that body that's asleep, that body that's dead, how's it going to come up out of the ground? Did anybody know? I don't know either. Except the Lord says it's going to happen. The Lord says, and the Lord's going to call them up. Come on up. By the way, do you know He proved that several times in the, in the Bible? Lazarus? Come on. Guess what Lazarus did? Come up right out of the ground. Lazarus, come on up. Well, the Bible says that they're going to rise. And then he says this, that, that the soul and spirit are going to be reunited with a glorified body in the air. Look at, what he, look at what he says. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Uh, for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ arise first. Then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with Him in the clouds. Now, you see, He says, He, he tells us here, that the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Those that are, that body is going to rise up out of that ground. And then the Bible says then, as Paul was writing this, you understand what he's saying. He is writing this. He's, he's put himself in this, in this situation. He says, we, Paul, we, Paul says, we which are alive and remain. He thought, he thought he was going to be called up in the, in the, in the rapture. Paul says, we which are alive and remain. Just like I would be saying, just like I would say to you, we which are alive and remain. If the Lord comes back, we which are alive and remain are going to be called up together. Who are we going to be caught up with? The body that's going to come up out of the ground. Well, wait a minute. He says, now, we've got to understand this. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus. Now, who's the ones that sleep in Jesus? Where are they at? In the ground? Those that sleep in Jesus, will God bring with Him now wait a minute. I thought you said they was in the body's in the ground. How's he going to bring if the body's in the ground? How's he bringing them with him? Well, like we said, soul and spirit, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Soul and spirit's in heaven. If I die, I'm in heaven right now, just like that. And the soul and spirit is going to come back with the Lord. That body. And we which are alive and remain are going to be called up together. What? 
to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. Soul and spirit are going to be reunited with what kind of body? Not a, not a sleeping body, not a dead body, but a glorified, glorified, perfect body. And then he says, so shall we ever be, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hold your place there. Hold your place. We're coming back. But look over 1 Corinthians. I want you to see, you to see something. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. He says this, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Now, who's sleeping? Not, not people in church. Who's sleeping? Those that have died in Christ. That's what he's talking about. But we shall all be changed. So he's saying here, not everybody's going to die, but we're all going to be changed. Ones that, the ones that have died, that body's going to be changed. We which are alive and remain, those people are going to be changed. We're all going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. What, we, what was we saying? That body is going to come up. It's going to be incorruptible. It's going to be a perfect body. We shall be changed. For this corruption or corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on in, uh, incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying. Uh, that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? You know what he's saying? And, and, and again, here's two groups of people. The ones that are alive and remain, they're going to be saying, Oh, death, where's your sting at? You ain't got nothing. I didn't die. <laughs> you didn't get death, you didn't get me. Because I got called up with the Lord. But wait a minute, what about the other group? Old grave, I thought you was going to keep me there. Can't do it. Old grave, where's your victory? Hey, our victory's in Jesus, isn't it? And Jesus says, that, that, I've, I've defeated the grave. It's come, you're coming up. You're not going to stay in that grave. You're coming up out of there, alright? And so, go back over First 1 Thessalonians there. Soul and spirit are going to be reunited with a glorified body in the air. Now let's look at the third thing here. He's talking about, not only did He write to the dead, those that have already died, but He's writing to the living. Jesus Himself, now folks listen, Jesus Himself are going to come back for us. He's not sending an angel. He's not, he's not, he's not saying, you know, come on if you can. Jesus says, listen, I'm coming for you. John 14.1 I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That where I am, there you may be also. See, He was in heaven. He's coming to get us. And we're going to be with Him forever. To the living. Jesus Himself is going to come back. Listen to this. Our faith will end in sight. The Bible says we're to walk by faith. Hebrews 11 talks about those that, that did great things for God by faith. In other words, when somebody is walking by faith, they don't know how it's going to turn out. They don't know what the end is going to look like. We're to walk by faith. We're to trust God, take God at His Word. We're to believe Him, what He says. And we're just to do it whether we understand it or not. Whether we can see it or not. We're to walk by faith, but one day, folks, we're going to be walking by sight. 
We're going to be in heaven. You say the Bible talks about being in heaven. Well, one day I'm going to see it. The Bible talks about streets of gold. Not, not asphalt. Streets of gold. Well, guess what? I believe that by faith. But one day I'm going to see it. One day I'm going to walk on it. And if you can get a chunk of it up, I might get a chunk of it up and put it in my mansion. So I can prove, hey, streets of gold. Somebody comes to my mansion, I say, look, look at this, streets of gold. <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't do that because it wouldn't really matter because it, it won't be that valuable. Gold is not that valuable in heaven. They just use it to pave the streets with, right? Well, folks, listen. And the greatest thing of all, the greatest thing of all, we're going we're gonna to see the Lord. We're going to see the Lord. Look over. Hold your place. Just look over there in 1 John. Or I'll just read it for you. 1 John. I think one of the great verses of the Bible. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 2. The Bible says, Beloved, now, right now, this instant, are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear. When's He going to appear? At the rapture, when He comes. That when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Now that just, I read that, and that just went right by y'all, and y'all didn't even get it. Y'all missed it. Now, alright, so, is that, that ain't it. Alright, y'all ready? I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read it slow, so y'all will pick it up, okay? You ready? No. Y'all ready? Alright, good. Alright, here we go. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. Wow, don't get excited. Don't Y'all calm down. Calm down here. <laughs> Folks, we're going to be like Jesus. We're going to be like Him. Let's go to the house. I mean, man, what else do we need? We're going to be like Him. When we see Him, we're going to be like Him. Man, I'll tell you what. That, that right there, that right there, ought to change our life. We're going to be like Him. By the way, we're supposed to be like Him now. We're supposed to be. And the Bible says that we are being changed. We're being conform to the image of God. We're to, we're to be like Him now, but one day, folks, we're going to be there. We're going to be like Him. Now, what, it doesn't mean that we're going to be God. It don't mean, but we're going to be like Him. We're going, like He is now, we're going, we're going to be like that. And folks, I'm going to tell you what, I, I can't wait. I can't, I'm sick and tired of being like me. I, I don't like being me. I, do, I want to be like Him. I want to be like He is, alright? And then, it's going to be a glorious meeting. It's going to be an everlasting meeting. Everlasting. Do you know, when we get to heaven, it will never end. It will never end. I, I tell you, I can't wait. It, it's never going to end. Now, let me give you the bad news, okay? Because we have to talk about, we've talked about the dead, we've talked about the living. Those that have, those that 
have died in Christ, those that are living now that are in Christ. Now, what about the lost? Can I tell you, the Bible tells us that He's going to come unexpectedly. Look in chapter 5, verse 2. He says this, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the light, in the night. Nobody has ever called you up and said, can I just give you some information? I don't know if you'll need it. I don't know if you need this or not. I don't know if you're interested or not. But I'm a professional thief. About 12 o'clock tonight, I'm going to come to your back door. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. You can meet me if you want to, however you want to do it. It don't matter to me. But I'm coming in and I'm going to take everything of value that you have. I'm a thief. I'm coming to your house. You won't ever get that call. The thief comes unaware. He comes unannounced. And he comes to take anything that you have of value. Well, can I tell you, the Lord, He's not saying I'm a thief. He's not saying that. But He says, just like the thief comes and He don't tell you, Jesus says, I'm coming. I'm coming unaware. You're not going to know. when I. By the way, He's told us in advance. He's told us ahead of time, I am coming. He just hadn't told us when. And so, folks, can I tell you, if you're here this morning and you're lost, the Lord is going to come. And if you're not ready to meet Him, I mean, if you're not ready to meet Him when He comes, you won't have time. You will not have time. And by the way, you won't have another opportunity. You will not have another opportunity. Your doom will be sealed. You will not have another opportunity. Look at chapter 5, verse 3. For we know that they, uh, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. No hope. No hope. Folks, listen, don't have to be that way. Second Peter Chapter 3, verse 9. God is not willing that any should perish. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. But guess what? He leaves it up to the individual. It is your choice. You can choose to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, or you can tr choose to reject Him as your Savior and spend eternity away from Him. It's your choice. Let me read you something that somebody found on a tombstone. It says, pause, my friend, as you walk by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. Prepare, my friend, to follow me. And you know, somebody read that, and they thought to themselves, you know what, that's not, that is really an incomplete statement. And he, he added this, to follow you, is not my intent until I know which way you went. One day, one day we're going to, if the Lord doesn't come back, we're going to go by way of the grave. Which way are you going? Which way are you going? The choice is yours. The choice is yours. I don't say that to scare anybody, but I do say it so that you'll be prepared, so you'll be warned. Listen, the Lord could come back at any moment. I'm thankful that He that He is. That He is. I'm thankful. I'm ready to meet Him. I'm ready right now to meet Him. 
Are you ready to meet Him? If not, then you're in a great place because you're, you're around a group of folks that love you, care about you, want to see you saved. Why don't you come this morning? Let us take a Bible, show you from the Bible how you can be saved. Christian, are you living your life right now like the Lord could come back in any moment? If not, then guess what? Then you need to make some changes. There, need, there, needs, there needs to be some changes in your life because we need to be living like the Lord could come back at any moment because He could and He can. And one day, listen, one day He's coming and you better be ready. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, as we come before You, Lord, we sure do thank You for, Lord, the good attention of these folks today. And I pray that, Lord, You'd speak to hearts. Lord, You'd help and uh, help people to realize the condition that they're in. Lord, we, we sure don't want to uh, Lord, to try to make anybody af uh, afraid or anything like that. But Lord, they, they need to know. And I pray that You'd speak to their hearts. Lord, show them that, you're, that they're lost. They need to be saved. Lord, as Christians, help us to live for You. Lord, be ready for Your coming. And we sure will thank You for what You do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet if we could. Just stand to our feet. The instrument's going to play a stands of an invitation. Brother, if you, if you want to sing... an uh, Okay, just doing the music. If God has spoke to your heart, you come. Would you do that? Somebody will be here to help you. We love you this morning. Listen, we'll take a Bible. We'll take time. Show you from the Bible how you can be saved. If, if you're here as a Christian and God has spoke to your heart, there's nothing like doing business with God right now. Not putting it off. Don't wait. Do business. Do what God wants you to do. Why don't you come? Invitation. The invitation is for who? It's for everybody. You come. God spoke to your heart. God has spoke to your heart. One more stanza. As soon as this stanza is over, we'll close the service. God has spoke to your heart. You come. How many of you are thankful the Lord is coming again? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Brother Vern, I'd ask you, Miss Debbie, if y'all head to the back. Okay. Give folks some elbows or whatever we're doing uh, as they head out. And uh, A needful message, I'm telling you. Uh, listen, if you don't know Christ today as your personal Savior, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Get this settled. Uh, we're talking about eternity here. We're not talking about choices of what to wear. We're talking about where you will spend eternity. You know, either be in a literal heaven or a literal hell. And we love you, and we want you to go to a literal heaven. And Jesus made the way for you to do it. As if you, you didn't come forward this morning, but you're still not sure, we'll be around. You come see me. I'd sure love to take that Bible and show you how you can know heaven's your home. All right, we're going to end with a song here. And uh, and then, then you're dismissed. See you tonight, 630. All right, join as we sing. Victory in Jesus.
sing and you are dismissed.